Good evening. It's good to see you all. I'd like to give you all a very warm welcome. And to those of you online as well, great to have you with us. Church is a place of good news. It's a place of grace. It's a place of thankfulness. But it's also a place of worship. And uh, I wonder if you've come tonight ready to worship. Well, I'm going to ask God to help us to pray and to worship him tonight. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you would help us to worship you tonight. Lord, I pray that in our hearts, Lord, we would be bowing down to you and that we would be in awe of you and that it would be a delight for us to come and to hear you speak to us. Lord, do be with us this evening. Do bless us and help us, I pray. We need your help. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this first song encourages us in how to worship. I worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Bow down before him, his glory proclaim. With gold of obedience and incense of lowliness, kneel and adore him. The Lord is his name. So, when the music starts, let's stand and sing. quick notice. Um, as many of you know, we have Crowborough Camp uh, again this year and it's happening from the 6th to the 13th of August. And in the past, some of you have very kindly helped with meals in the evenings. Uh, it's been a great help to us. Um, we've got a few helpers already, uh, but if you're willing to come down one evening and uh, help cook either by yourself or with someone else, uh, please do let me know. That would be very, very appreciated. So thank you. Well, tonight we've got two readings and two prayers uh, before John speaks. So we're going to pray, and we're going to pray based on Psalm 86. So let's bow our heads and pray. Lord God, we pray now that you would listen to us. Lord, we need you. 
Lord, you are our God. Lord, I pray that you'd be gracious to us. Lord, I pray that you'd make our hearts glad as we come to you. Because, Lord, you are good and you are forgiving. Lord, we thank you that when anyone cries out to you, you are abounding in steadfast love towards them. Lord, I pray that you'd give us more grace. Lord, we need it each day. Lord, we thank you that you answer us. Lord, we thank you that you are not like other gods who cannot answer. Lord, there is no other God like you. Lord, we thank you that one day the whole world will come and they will glorify you and they will praise you for who you are. Lord, you alone are great. You alone are God. Lord, I pray that you'd teach us to walk in your truth. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to fear your name and to respect you. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to give thanks with all of our hearts. Lord, I pray that you'd protect us. Lord, I pray that you'd give us the strength we need each day to live for you. Lord, we thank you that your enemies will one day be put to shame. Lord, we thank you that you are the God who helps and comforts us. Lord, we thank you for all these things. Amen. Well, we're going to have our first reading now. Uh, It's from the Old Testament and it's from Numbers chapter 15, verses 1 to 14. And in the Bibles, it's page 123. So nice and easy to remember. Page 123, Numbers chapter 15, verses 1 to 14. And the title tonight is Smell Good? Question mark. Smell Good? So keep a keen eye out for words that link to smell, words like aroma, things like that as we read these passages. So Numbers 15. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land you are to inhabit, which I am giving you, and you offer to the Lord from the herd or from the flock a food offering or a burnt offering or a sacrifice to fulfill a vow or as a free will offering at your appointed feasts to make a pleasing aroma to the Lord, then he who brings his offering shall offer to the Lord a grain offering of a tenth of an ephah of fine flour mixed with a quarter of a hin of oil. And you shall offer with the burnt offering, or for the sacrifice, a quarter of a hin of wine for the drink offering for each lamb. Or for a ram, you shall offer for a grain offering two-tenths of an ephah of fine flour mixed with a third of a hin of oil. And for the drink offering, you shall offer a third of a hin of wine, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. And when you offer a bull as a burnt offering or sacrifice to fulfill a vow or for peace offerings to the Lord, then one shall offer with the bull a grain offering of three-tenths of an ephah of fine flour mixed with half a hin of oil. And you shall offer for the drink offering half a hin of wine as a food offering, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Thus it shall be done for each bull or ram or for each lamb or young goat. As many as you offer, so shall you do with each one, as many as there are. Every native Israelite shall do these things in this way, in offering a food offering with a pleasing aroma to the Lord. And if a stranger is sojourning with you, or anyone is living permanently among you, and he wishes to offer a food offering with a pleasing aroma to the Lord, he shall do as you do. We're going to sing again. Uh, Yes, finished, the Messiah dies. Um, This speaks of the sacrifice of Jesus. As you might have noticed already, and you might guess, we'll be thinking a fair bit about sacrifice tonight. This is how it starts. Yes, finished, the Messiah dies. Cut off for sins, but not his own. Completed is the sacrifice. The great redeeming work is done. Let's stand and sing.
let's pray again. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can pray to you. Lord, we thank you that we have a God who hears and answers prayer. Lord, we thank you for the confidence and the comfort that gives us. And Lord, we do pray for our country. Lord, we pray for our leaders. Lord, you know the turmoil, um, the situation at the moment. Lord, we pray for good leaders. We pray for wise leaders, leaders of integrity. Lord, we pray for them as they lead us, as we're commanded to. Lord, we thank you for good leaders. But Lord, we know with all leaders, just as all the kings in the Bible and all the leaders in the Bible, however good they were, Lord, they were not perfect. Lord, all of them had failings. And Lord, it makes us so thankful for Jesus, the great true leader, the one who was always wise, the one who always did what was good, the one who is fully righteous, fully holy, all-powerful. Lord, we thank you that you are the great leader. Lord, I pray that we would follow you. Lord, I pray that we would love you more and more. And Lord, I pray that you would make us more like you as we follow you. Lord God, I pray as well for our daily bread. Lord, we're encouraged to pray for that. We're told to pray for that. Lord, we do pray for these things. Lord, so often we can take them for granted. Lord, we are so blessed in this country, especially in this corner of the country. Lord, so many blessings. Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would continue to depend on you. And that, Lord, our hearts will be full of gratefulness for the blessings you give us. Lord, may we never take things for granted. Forgive us when we do. Lord, I pray that we may know that everything comes from you. And so when we pray, if we do pray before mealtimes, Lord, I pray that it would be genuine and that it would be very heartfelt. Lord, we thank you so much for the way you bless this church Lord, I particularly thank you for uh, First Steps and First Tuesday that happened this last week. And Lord, just for the blessing they are to so many people. Lord, we thank you for their leaders. Lord, we thank you for the love and the effort that they put in, for the very real care that they show to so many people, for the way they so often go above and beyond uh, their responsibilities. And Lord, I thank you that so many people come here on a regular basis, And, uh, Lord, they hear something of you. And, Lord, we pray that they would see something of you as well as they see the leaders of the groups. Lord, I pray that you'd encourage the the leaders as they serve you. Lord, do encourage them. Lord, we thank you for them. Lord, we pray as well for YPs and camp as the holidays are coming up. Lord, you know it's a busy time for many. Uh, In preparation, Lord, we thank you for people willing to come and to serve often to give up a week of holiday. Lord, we thank you for them. Lord, I pray that you bless us on these holidays. Lord, we go with a sense of confidence, knowing that you are the God of Wales and the God of Crowborough, just as much as you are of anywhere else on the world. Lord, we, we cannot go beyond uh, your reach and your, your eyes. Lord, we know you watch over us. Lord, we go as well with a sense of confidence because of how you've blessed us in the past and how you've answered prayers. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. And yet, Lord, at the same time, Lord, we know that we are so dependent on you. Lord, I pray that we would always go in confidence, not because of ourselves and our experience, but only because of you. And, Lord, in the past, we have been richly blessed spiritually, so many people richly blessed. Lord, we pray for that again. Lord, we pray for even more of that. Lord, that people will come to see their need of you for the first time and the others who are Christians, maybe they'll be re-energised, boosted in their faith, strengthened in their faith, grown up in their faith, rooted more in you. Lord, if they're backslidden, Lord, I pray that you'd restore them. Lord, we thank you that on YP Holiday we're thinking about the difference that the Gospel makes to some very topical um, subjects. Lord, I pray that that would do us so much good as we look at those things. Lord, do bless us on those holidays, I pray, for your kingdom. 
And Lord, we thank you for your goodness to us as well, Lord. We remembered recently other wedding anniversaries, and we thank you that there are more this week. Lord, we thank you for Andrew and Jan Jack. Lord, we thank you for their golden wedding anniversary that they look forward to celebrating this week. Lord, we pray that we would be a blessing to them and that they would be a blessing to us. Lord, I do pray that you'd be with them and keep them. And Lord, we thank you uh, for all that you've done for them. Do continue to be with them, I pray. And Lord, I just pray for John now. Lord, as he comes and speaks to us shortly on this topic of uh, smelling good for you, Lord, I pray that you'd help him to speak clearly. I pray that you would uh, bless his preparation and his prayers. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us. Lord, I pray that we would listen, that we would take it in, that we would be uh, privileged to be able to be listening to this so freely. Lord, I pray that we would drink it in. Lord, give us a a good attitude, Lord, I pray, as we listen to what he says to us, because ultimately it's what you're saying to us. Lord, help us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to have our second reading now. This is from the New Testament. This is from Hebrews chapter 13. It's pretty much right at the end of the book of Hebrews. Um, And it's Hebrews 13, verses 11 to 21. So in the Bibles, it's page 1009, uh, but it's right down in the bottom corner. So there's only a few words before turning over to the next page. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 11 to 21. says this. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy places by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin are burned outside the camp. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. Through him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls, as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Pray for us, for we are sure that we have a clear conscience desiring to act honourably in all things. I urge you the more earnestly to do this in order that I may be restored to you the sooner. Now may God, the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory for ever and ever. Amen. So John is going to be speaking from various passages uh, tonight, uh, but we look forward to hearing John speaking soon. But before that, we're going to sing again, All I Once Held Dear. It's a song that we've often sung on camp. When I sing this, it takes me right back to uh, camp and some very special memories. And really, it's just a song of devotion to uh, God. Uh, The last verse um, says this, Oh, to know the power of your risen life and to know you in your sufferings, to become like you in your death, my Lord, so with you to live and never die. And that's the hope we have, isn't it? To live with you and never die. Let us sing.
Well, we're going through a series then on the senses or some of the biblical perspectives to do with the senses. So let's get our minds going a bit. Last week we looked at uh, touch and some Bible teaching in relation to touch. be good to just recall what that was. It's a warm evening. Our brains are a bit jaded and sleepy. There were six points last week. Can anyone uh, give us one of the points about touch? There were different aspects of touch um, last week. See if we can get some of them between us. Damaging touch. Sorry, that was... Deadly touch. That was the third one. Healing touch. We called it compassionate touch. Thank you. There were three C's and three D's. Convincing touch. Defiling touch. Consoling touch. Good. Okay, somebody uh, gave me a, a, a verse uh, during the week in relation to touch, which I didn't include, which I thought was uh, quite a perceptive verse, a, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 5. Well, this week we move on to the theme of smell. Next week we're going on to sight. I said last week, I hope amongst other things to give some biblical perspective on, on the temptations that, uh, that are abound in our digital age uh, with endless images, some of which are um, enticing and immoral and give some biblical help on that, but not just on that, some other aspects of what we might see and our hearts might be drawn out to. So that's next week, but for this week it is the theme of smell. What smells do you remember? Think in your mind, what smells do you remember? What smells stand out? Well, they're probably either very nice smells or very bad smells tends to be the way it works. So you might think of some very nice smells. Uh, the smell of passing a barbecue. Some of you have been to YP. I don't know quite how it worked, but maybe before you'd even got onto the property, it was a YP barbecue today, wasn't it? Maybe before you even got onto the property, you smelt the, the meal and it was a very nice smell to you. Or you love going near a, a, a rose bush or having a bouquet of flowers. Or maybe you love certain smellies and perfumes and fragrances. It's a massive industry, so a lot of people do like those sorts of different smells. In fact, in Song of Solomon you have fragrances like that. So there are nice smells, and we might think of them. Or we might have other experiences when we think of bad smells. When the sewer pipe overflowed. When the fish had gone off when you entered into that house where it was never cleaned and the clothes were never washed and the people never washed and you can remember the sort of what hit you as you went through the door. Nice smells, bad smells. And the Bible uses the imagery of smells in that way. Some things are good and some things are bad. It's sort of polarised, really. Smell polarises in many ways. And uh, linked with it, some things are pleasing and others are certainly not pleasing. Different ends of the spectrum. So we're going to explore this a bit this evening and I'm hoping it might help us. It'll make us think. And uh, the question really is, are you smelling good? And it's not a question about your personal hygiene. Uh, especially uh, as it's getting warmer and uh, you know, we all might suffer a little bit, little bit in, that, in that direction, not as fresh as we would like maybe in the next few days. But what sort of aroma does your life have? That's the question I think that comes out of what we shall be looking at in the Bible this evening. There's two halves to what we're going to do. The first one is shorter and then I want to spend longer on the second half. And there are two questions really. Um, other bits in between, especially on the second one. Um, and this is the first question, is how do our lives smell to others? How do our lives smell to others? Bad actions stink, don't they? Somebody might say, if you ask me, it stinks. 
And they're not talking about the aroma that comes from it, they're describing their reaction to uh, what's been done. Jacob, in the Old Testament, felt the attitude of two of his sons made them stink. People had behaved very badly towards their sister, Dinah. The brothers wanted to pay them back. Uh, They made out that an agreement was made. All the men of this town were circumcised and while they were still in pain and recovering, they murdered them all out of revenge. And this is what Jacob said in Genesis 34 and verse 20. not verse 20, it's verse 30. Then Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, you have brought trouble on me by making me stink to the inhabitants of the land. Absalom in the Old Testament not only committed treachery against his father David, but immorality with his father's female staff. And it was said to be a stench what all Israel would know about. 2 Samuel 16 and verse 21. Ahithophel said to Absalom, go into your father's concubines whom he had left to keep the house and all Israel will hear that you have made yourself a stench to your father. So it was like a stink bomb on the palace dropped and people would know about it. It stank. Here, Ahithophel's using it as part of a a tactic which he thinks might strengthen the arm of Absalom. But the effect would still be a stink bomb. It stinks what you're doing. So bad actions can stink. And as we brush with people in our lives, at um, work, um, family members, neighbourhoods, interests, Are they left holding their noses, if you like? Because of our lack of truthfulness, kindness, reliability, humility. How do our lives smell to others? Well, they can be a good smell to others. One of the ways in which they have a good smell about them is when the smell of Christ is about our lives. Sometimes we can tell where people have been or who they have been with. Somebody comes home from working in a bakery. You can smell it, their clothes, or they spent a long time in the florists. There's a a place up in London, we were told on one of our Thames tours, one of the wharfs, Butler's Wharf I think it is, which was used many years ago for a place where they unloaded spices, particularly from the West Indies. And apparently still to this day, the smell of the spices is in the building. Fragrance stays. 2 Corinthians 2 and verses 14 says this, But thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him, of Christ, everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one a fragrance from death to death, to the other a fragrance of life to life. went for a run on Friday and I've uh, been thinking about some of these things. I went on front, I went, 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 went past a, a group of ladies, didn't particularly notice them, but after I'd gone, one was obviously wearing a strong perfume and could smell it straight away. I hadn't noticed the ladies, but... It, there was an after effect there was a fragrance after them when people have come into contact with us have encounters with us is there a a fragrance of Christ in our character our conduct our interest um, the way we are maybe the things we say do they sense that Christ is our favourite person who we are modelling our lives on that he means something to us That's a good effect, a good smell, a fragrance of Christ. Not always popular, wasn't always popular here, but a fragrance, a smell of Christ. So that's one good thing to think about. How do our lives smell to others? 
they stink because of inconsistency? Do they have a smell of Christ about them? But I even more want to emphasise the second aspect this evening. More in the Bible on this, along these lines. Which is to ask the question, how do our lives smell to God? Actually, don't think in those ways. I think this evening is a slightly different take on things, actually, from what we're used to, probably. How do our lives smell to God? And I think this is really important. I find I can be so taken up with the effect I have on others. Don't you find the same? With the sort of horizontal, that we want people around to think well of us, to think we're a nice guy, to think that they like us or they approve of us or that we're good. And I find I need a deeper awareness of what God thinks, the vertical Am I pleasing to God? I read Galatians earlier this week. That's just where it got to in my Bible reading. And when I and I usually pick out a verse to write from a chapter, or I aim to uh, one or one or two verses. And for me, it's using Galatians one verse ten. I find a challenge. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Pleasing God rather than pleasing others is our primary concern if we're servants of Jesus. I also find it a challenge when I read in John chapter 12, I think it's verse 43, of the way in which the Pharisees love the praise of men more than the praise of God. Pleasing men rather than pleasing God. So I think this is a good thing for us to be thinking about. And in the Bible, a good smell is used in picture language of of pleasing God. Uh, One of the main ways it comes up is when sacrifices are are talked about. Sacrifices in the Old Testament are described as being pleasing to God. You get lots of times in Leviticus and Numbers, and we had Numbers 15 read to us. And you notice the phrase, uh, hopefully with Mark teeing it up as we went through, and the burnt offering... Well, it might smell good, it might smell like a roast dinner, there might be something in it which smelt nice, but uh, the act of devotion itself was a pleasing aroma to the Lord. And the drink offering, that's when they put some liquid on top of the the sacrifice that was given, a bit like putting a, a sauce on to give it an extra aroma. Well, that might smell in itself, but it is described as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. And you had it later on in verses 13 and 15 here. When the Israelites do it, well, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. When a stranger does it, verse 14, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. So the sacrificial system picks up the the smell of being pleasing to God. Well, Well, how's that relevant to us today? So we don't go making sacrifices like that as they did in Old Testament times. How do we take forward this idea of pleasing God as depicted in the sacrifices that they made? Two things. going to spend a bit more on the second again. But two things. This is the first. In thinking of it now, we need to remember that Jesus has fully pleased God for us. Jesus could say, John chapter 8, I always do the things that are pleasing to him. Jesus fully pleased his heavenly Father. Those here for the prayer meeting on Thursday, we dipped into Ephesians 5. I'm not sure I'd noticed the verse, so it was good timing for me. And here in verse 2, and walk in love 
as Christ loved us and gave himself for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And the main way the Bible teaches that God is pleased with us is through the sacrifice of Christ. We cannot please God. Without faith it's impossible to please God, the Bible says. But as we put our trust in Jesus, the perfect sacrifice, his wonderful, acceptable sacrifice becomes ours and we become acceptable to God through him. And it gives us a sigh of relief and thankfulness. It is as if Christ is the air freshener who takes away our odorous smell of our sin and makes us acceptable. Is that a nice picture? I think we could even say it's as if Christ is our deodorant who makes us acceptable to God. You know, uh, the idea of smell is often linked with confidence in the adverts, but also in life. If you, if you think you might smell, you feel inhibited going places. But if you know you don't, you go with confidence because you know you're acceptable. And through Christ, we are made acceptable to God as believers. And it's wonderfully liberating. Jesus has fully pleased God for us. We are acceptable to God through him. But as we follow this teaching a bit further, we can also say this. We still aim to please God in our lives. We still aim to please God in our lives. We do not do it to earn salvation, but we do it to express our thankfulness for salvation. So we don't merit things from God by doing these things, but we show our love to him as blood-bought believers in our lives wanting to please him. Now I just want to introduce this and labour this a little bit because I think it's helpful for me and I think it will be significant for you. Do you want to give God pleasure? Think about that. Do you want to give God pleasure? Do you want him to be saying, that's good, I like that, I appreciate that? Maybe you don't think in those terms, I'm not sure we often do, but I think this teaching would would encourage us to think about that. Somebody's cooking something, people come in and they say, the dinner smells lovely. Gives them pleasure. And the chef feels pleased. Do you want the Lord to have pleasure by your life? Somebody in a relationship, maybe they know that... uh, Husband, wife, whatever likes particular perfume, aftershave, whatever, deodorant, da da da. And they, they put it on to please them. They're going out and they want to smell nice. And they love to, to please the husband, wife. Do you feel something similar? You want to please God. This is perhaps thinking in, in terms that perhaps ought to be basic, but we probably don't think in terms of these things. Well, if you do want to please God, the redeemed person, what are some of the things that are pleasing to God? We're going to pursue these, those who are in home groups, depending on the home group leader and how they approach it, but we may well be sort of pursuing this a bit further. But here are some. So, you're stirred up, you're a believer, you want to please God. What are some of the things that give God pleasure, that smell good to him? We can aim to please God in our praise. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 
50. Through him, then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. In our praise, we seek to please God. Our voices may not be the best. We may not have multiplied musicians like a big city church, but our hearts are engaged. We love the truth that is on the PowerPoint and we're singing it with our hearts and it is a pleasure to God. It gives God pleasure. That's what it says. We want that, don't we? So that we can go home tonight and say, perhaps you're finding this this language difficult, but you, you can see I'm being biblical here. We can go home tonight and say, we gave God pleasure by worshipping together. And as believers who love the Heavenly Father, love our Saviour, that's good. We aim to please God, or we can aim to please God, in our sharing. That's the next verse. Now, with the Hebrews, I think they were missing the sacrificial system. If you know anything about the letter to Hebrews, I think they were feeling a bit of a sense of loss that they couldn't sacrifice or there wasn't the system that they used to. And here the letter is saying that these are the ways in which you carry it out in New Testament times. You give God pleasure by your praise, but also by sharing. It carries on in verse 16. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. They smell good. So maybe you are hospitable if you've got a house and uh, resources. And uh, maybe when people come, there are some literal smells coming from the kitchen, which is very nice for them. But there's also something else going on when it's done with a good heart. You're cooking, you're shopping beforehand, you're planning, the hours it's spent in, if it's taken a long time, your love for the individuals that come is pleasing to God. He loves that sharing. Or, for somebody else, you share your time and energy with a brother or sister, spiritual brother or sister, who's really going through the meal. And it, it, it takes some stress troubles you, you're sharing a burden it's not easy you're getting alongside, you're sharing part of your life with them to help them through this difficulty and that sharing is pleasing to God it pleases your friend hopefully, but even better, it pleases God it smells good that people should sacrifice in that way We have a different line of thought. We can, we should, as believers, aim to please God in our family life. Children. Children who are believers, particularly. Colossians 3, verse 20, has uh, something for you. It says this, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. So, a a child who's uh, doing what their parents said because they love Jesus is pleasing to God. A teenager who respects their parents despite how out of touch they are, it's pleasing to God. Disobedience, lack of respect, stinks. But respect is a pleasant aroma to the Lord. Grown-up children, 
grown-up children. Now that includes a good few of us. 1 Timothy 5 and verse 4. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return to their parents. For this is pleasing in the sight of God. So tender care for ageing parents and grandparents. Maybe for you it is a pleasure Maybe sometimes it's not so easy, maybe it is a strain, but it is pleasing to God. Some people spend a lot of their life caring, caring for ageing relatives. Nobody seems to notice. It's the ongoing humdrum of life. Ah, But it's pleasing to the Lord. It produces a a good smell to him as the heart of faith shows love to parents and grandparents in that way. Let's have another one. Two left. In our gospel support. Here we're going to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 18. You'll see this is clearly linked. But the, the situation is this. Epaphroditus has come to the Apostle Paul who's in prison and from the Philippians he has brought some goodies to help keep him going. They've expressed their support in bringing some supplies for the Apostle Paul. And as he writes about it in verse 18, this is what he says, I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. So maybe your standing orders go out once a month to support gospel work or gospel workers in some way. And it's pleasing. It's a pleasing smell to the Lord when it's done out of faith. You feel moved to give some one-off gifts in support of a particular project or gospel need? It's pleasing to the Lord. Maybe you put some cash in the collection or another collection towards the work of the gospel. It's a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. Do you want to please the Lord? It's another way you can do it. The last one is a big one. It's almost a catch-all one, actually. Just got room for it there a little bit at the side. Aiming to please God in our whole life. Here we're going to go to Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. We've got the word acceptable here in both two verses. But it's the same word translated as well-pleasing in that last verse we had in Philippians 4. So it, it is that sort of a smell, a pleasing smell word. I'm going to read both these verses, but just before I do, i just say that actually these are magnificent verses. I sometimes think if you were to pick just two verses which summarise so much of what the whole of the Christian life is about, then Romans 12 verses 1 and 2 would be pretty good ones to go to. They just uh, wrap it all up in so many ways. Let's read them. It's after he's explained all about the Gospel in the early 11 chapters. I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, by what I've explained about the Gospel, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable or holy and well-pleasing to God which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable or well-pleasing 
and perfect. Sense in which we put our whole lives on the altar in service to God, willingly because of the gospel and because of what Jesus has done for us in giving his life for us. We say, yes, that's where I want to be. I want to be on the altar and I want my whole life to be pleasing to the Lord because he has done so much for me. Well, has that been helpful? Different line of thought? How do our lives smell to others? Even more, how do our lives smell to God? Are we covered by Christ and his sacrifice? And as people that are saved, are we then in pursuit of seeking to please God, to smell good to God in the way in which we go about our lives? Colossians 1 is a good prayer for me to read to finish. You'll see the link, I think. Verse 9, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Let's have a time for a little personal response of prayer privately before we sing our last song. While let's sing together, Elijah, our last song. Fill all my life, O Lord, my God, in every part with praise, that my whole being may, pro- being may proclaim your being and your ways. Our last song.
read a couple of verses from Hebrews 13 as a closing prayer, but I will just mention that there are refreshments afterwards. I'm fairly sure I've got that right. There are refreshments afterwards this evening, so do feel free to stay for that. Now may the God of peace who brought again the, from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with every good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory for ever and ever. Amen.